Hello, everybody. Hey. I'm assuming it's low behind the committee page. Hi, low. Happy birthday, Dolores. Thank you. He ate this thing up. And this one's going out to Dolores next. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong song. This one. One time for the birthday. That's my shit for real. You on a roll. You might as well play Texas Hold'em. No, you got to play um, two chains. You got to play two chains. That's what I'm playing. All I want for my birthday is a free booty coke. If you in your living room, drop drop them draws and give me a twerk. <laughs> and then before you end the night? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like, this is old. But Girl, I love you it. Know I... Hey, I need a little wine for this one. It's your birthday, and I know you want to ride. Y'all got to find me a man for this part. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Everybody. We're so glad that you have decided to join us today. And evangelist, evangelist from the West Coast wants to lead us in a special song to the one and only Dolores. Y'all got the lyrics? I don't know all the lyrics. <laughs> Y'all are hell. For real, for real. Uh, are we going to play? Y'all put us in the right key. <laughs> I don't even know the song, y'all. Like, I don't, I don't know. Y'all, hold on. I'm going to just find it on I YouTube. just know the first line. <laughs> Happy birthday to birthday you. That's to all I know. <laughs> hold on. I want to say happy birthday to you. Say happy birthday to you. That's too new. I don't know that, <laughs> It's the snap in the back for me. All right. Oh, that's all, right. all it is. <laughs> yep, that's all it is. So No, nah, there's something else in oh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. Hold on. Yeah. I ain't hit it, part. He could have left that where that was. <laughs> <laughs> they sang this at my niece's birthday party, and when they got to that part, I was like, ooh. <laughs> you lost me had to tiptoe out the church but we hope today was amazing for you Dolores and you didn't cause too much hell um, today and we, we, we love that about you though so how was your birthday what did you do today I didn't do shit not a damn thing he don't um, like to celebrate himself I don't know what's wrong with his ass it's traumatized black trauma That's okay what well we gotta let it go <laughs> let um, it go but I am I am planning on going on a solo trip. Um, in the process of planning it, so fingers crossed. Ooh. Solo trip. Yeah, we'll see. I've never been to Miami, so that's where we're planning on going. Well, you going down to bit all this business is paid for with Carisha and them? 
if I see Carisha, I'm definitely um finding my way to Diddy. No shade T. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I signed an NDA <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Let me stop. Okay, okay. Before we get off, before the train hits off the track. So, uh, welcome everybody. Welcome everybody. Today is Dolores's day. Um, as he would like to call it, Bad Bitches Day. And um, we had an amazing week of some good basketball for some people, depending on how you look at it. So what were y'all's takeaways this week? And Dolores, since it's your birthday, you go ahead and start first. Um, I just, you know, I want to bring y'all back. Can we jog some memories, girls? Can we do that? <laughs> um, so last April, our eyes were set on Dallas, Texas. Um, and you know, it was, it was the, the matchup of stars, Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Boston, Angel Reese, Kenny Brooks, and his group chat. And it was truly, our eyes were on women's basketball. And in that process, you know, everyone was like, you know, South Carolina is the undefeated team. They're going against Caitlyn. South Carolina should win. Da 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 da. Well, South Carolina does not win. Caitlyn does her big one, and eventually we get the U um, LSU and Iowa matchup in the title game. So going into the summer after that game, the narrative, prevailing narrative in the community was, you know, Aaliyah Boston's gone. Kim Mulkey now runs the SEC. Um, the Bayou Barbie, the white women are going to take over. Paige and Caitlin run the world. Cam Brink is going to do her big one. Um, I, Caitlin Clark is going to break the scoring record and finally win a title for the corn people. Um, it was just the year of the white women plus Angel. Like, South Carolina was done for. No more Aaliyah. No more Freshies. Like, Wrap us up, you know, bear, you know, dig the grave, child. They was having funerals for us. I mean, literally aligning. They had the um, what's the little thing? The limousines ready. They was riding together, kiki keying and cackling. They had the procession ready. I mean, they was on the TL dragging us, and you know, but I serve a mighty God, you know, and the God I serve said, stay quiet. The God I serve said, you know, go to your corner. And and hush. And so that's what we did. You know, we went to our corner and hushed. We 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 said what we need to say. We said the other girls were gonna win. We said that. So we get to November and the girls lose. All of them lose. Badly. One by one. One by one by one. And I think of the story of David in the lion's den. Um and I think about, you know, I think not David and the Lions, but Goliath. That's what I think about. Yeah, I had to get my Bible verses right. Um, and I think about how big that giant was and how no one had faith in little old David. Um, because, you know, everything surrounding him said that he could not win. And so when I look at the country bumpkins and the black women, plus Chloe and her black man in Columbia, South Carolina, and and see little old David in them, you know? And I see the way the narratives have shifted, you know? I see how Ryan Clark had so much energy um, to support Angel, but had no energy to support Don. Um, I see how the Black community jumped and latched onto LSU 
and Flaje, but didn't do that for Don. And so I think back to David, you know, um, and and so to me, um, after seeing South Carolina whoop UConn's ass for the fourth time, and all the years that Don took this team to Hartford to get her ass whooped, and I have to say, you know, that the tide has shifted. And I have to say that um, the footstools are stooling now. You know, the enemies are now falling. The giants are now falling. And all the people that spent all these years relishing in um, their success are now scared, are now on the TL giving us history lessons, are now doing math for us that we learned in first grade um, are now telling us about what happened then. And in this Black History Month, I have to tell you about what's happening now. Because <laughs> the Black bitches are back. <laughs> and South Carolina is the best team in the country. And you bitches are mad. <laughs> you bitches are mad, okay? You bitches are mad. <laughs> okay. Come on in the room. So I just had to open us up with that recap because, you know, we allowed y'all to do what y'all needed to do. Um and and call who you want to call the goat. Um, but the goats fell, both of them. So if you feel a dance in your feet, I I, I dare you to I dare you to slap your neighbor, and and you don't let don't let your neighbor dance alone. Give God a give God a praise in the audience. I don't see your feet moving. My God, my God, my God, my God today. So we thank Anyone God. Else? Anyone else? If you if you decide to send your tithes and offering, Yana, my I'll cash, see, no, 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 my cash can provide you. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, so yeah, that was that was the word for today. That saith the Lord, um, and we thank you, and we thank you. Lord, amen. Hey, Yana, y'all got anything else to add to that? Uh, I got I got nothing, man. Uh. You, we probably could have stayed in Daniel, though, to be honest, because there's a story. There's a story in, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they, 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 were, they were thrown in the fire because they didn't want to go, you know, along the lines of what the king wanted ESPN. But, you know. My <laughs> what, God. what was the king's name? But uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, boy. That good old game cock. Walk right on mm-hmm. out that fire. I don't know none of these stories. Y'all. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all. Billy Gold, I'm, Jack. I'm calling Myra. Oh, I am God. calling Myra. I don't know what y'all talking about, honey. I'm a visitor to the Gamecock Church, so I'm going to just say amen and sit in the back. <laughs> we got some good punch and punch. You go, you go, you, we got all to call for you if you want to join. Um, or get saved. The the the, the doors to the church are open. And we got Kirk Franklin brother who loves to attend now. So Amen. That's leading <laughs> praise and worship. Miss Becky, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
We're going to get into some games from last week. So first up on the docket, and if you open your program with me today, first up is Virginia Tech over North Carolina State. You know, that first game that they played, they VT won on a buzzer beater. And, you know, we thought that maybe North Carolina State was going to try to get their lick back. Well, this time they lost by an even greater margin. They lost by 11 points. Virginia Tech decided to shoot that thing, 11 threes, and they out-rebounded North Carolina State by 17 so what were some of your takeaways or what happened in that game that was different possibly from the first game? I feel bad for North Carolina, North Carolina State because I do feel like they have a real shot, but I don't trust Wes Moore. If anything has to do with him, I'm just going to put an X over it. It's his fault. I don't care what happened. I blame everything on him. He's not, he's not that guy. It's his fault. Period. Yeah, I don't think um, they played to their strengths in that game. Um, I think once the game sped up, um, it stayed too fast for them. And because of that, Virginia Tech was like every single time Virginia Tech got out in transition, they got somebody to the corner or to the wing to hit a knockdown three. And 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 North Carolina State could never rotate over in time. Um and I, and I think that all started with just turnovers, lack of execution on the offensive end. I don't think they tried to attack the um, – what's the tall girl's name? Um, you Like, you can't um, – Kitley, you can't let um, – you've got to make Kitley uncomfortable. Um, and I think they, they didn't do that. I think even sending a double at times just to give her a different look would have helped, but I think ultimately the game was lost because they couldn't rebound. Um, any second chance opportunities for Virginia Tech when they're making threes is put your head down and go to the other end of the floor. Um, so I think for me, that's kind of where the game was lost, just lack of defensive principles, turning the ball over, um, and getting out-rebounded. To Lowe's point, I do think they're a better team. Oh, and, I'll, and I'll say that over and over and over. Um but Virginia Tech is similar to Iowa in that if they're making the three, but they just look unstoppable when they're making the three ball. Um, but if we're being honest, why is a team full of those guards struggling to defend anybody? Why are they that team? And I know F- athleticism isn't the end all be all, but why yeah. is that team struggling to defend? Because why you is can't that team struggling to get back. That's to me. Coach. They can't. They can't look good on defense if they can't score on offense. But to yeah. me, but in, in in that to me that's a coaching issue because it's not like he don't true. have the athletes. Yeah, that's he true. he has the athletes. That's not an issue. That's why to I me it's it, always going to go back to him. Yeah, and it's like rebounding, obviously, and just shot selection. Um, some of their shots to me, I I think I say this about every team, and when I watch every game, like when you take a unwarranted three or you take a shot out of the offense that no one on your team is expecting, it usually leads to, like, I look at it as a turnover. It usually leads to the other team on a fast break, headed to get a layup or a wide open three because your team's scrambling to get back. And if no one's communicating, a good team will make you pay for those type of things. Um, And that, and I mean, Virginia Tech just knocked down the threes in this one. So they made them pay. Sweet 16 state. I keep telling you. <laughs> it's hard to shake that title, baby. Yeah, they 
I want them to. I really do. I I don't think they can though. Okay. So going on over to the next game, going <clears throat> excuse me, going out west to Oregon State, a team that just keeps trending and trending and trending up. So the first question is, do we think that Oregon State is a Final Four team or Final Four sleeper team? And, you know, they picked up two wins on the road against very good teams, Utah and – okay, maybe very is a stretch. But two solid teams, Utah and Colorado. What do you like that you have seen from them so far? And do you think that depending on bracket, they could possibly – Etch their way back into the final four for the second time. Hell no. To the no, 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 no. Um, do I think that they're a good team? Yes. Have they been a sleeper in the Pac-12 since the beginning of the season? Yes. Um, but I think their style of play is their biggest detriment going into the postseason. Um, like the Pac-12 is the toughest conference this season, but the Pac-12 is a niche conference. Like Colorado can do what Colorado can do because outside of USC and some of the Arizona guards, that conference is not filled with dynamic guards that can make, like, stress the other team's defenses. A lot of the bigs in the conference, that's why Cameron Brink gets to go off every night and Kiki Uriafin, is because they are dynamic, athletic, skilled bigs. Like, most other bigs are are wideback bigs, you know? Like, they are very niche. Um, and so and to, when I say that, what I'm trying to say is, is that those teams in that conference know how to play each other. Those teams know how to beat each other. They don't have the roster and the personnel, in my opinion, to do that. Like if Oregon State went up against LSU, they would get cooked like by 20 type of type of cooked. Um, I can say the same thing about Utah, like without um, our good sis Meekins, cooked. Um, so, and even Colorado, like if Colorado goes, goes up against a team, um, that can knock the ball down and force Jalen Sherrod to make outside shots cooked. So, um, are they good? Am I happy to see them winning right now? Yes. Um, final four, hell no. Yeah, I, I don't think I can, I don't think I'm ready to say final four, um, but I do think I could see them in an Elite Eight, maybe. Uh, I definitely can see them making it out of the first round. I think they're, they've done enough to host at the moment, and they have two more big games coming up versus uh, UCLA and Southern Cal. So um, I think if they can go like 1-1 on that road trip, I think it's a road trip. Um, but if they can go 1-1 this upcoming weekend, then I think they've done enough to host. And so I can definitely see them getting to the Sweet 16 and maybe stealing that Sweet 16, well, that Sweet 16 game and getting to the Elite Eight. But I'm not ready to say Final Four yet. <laughs> yeah. Look, Juju been averaging about 35 a night. You walk in there and put up 40, 50 on them. That's all the answer I goddamn need. <laughs> but to Dolores point, you don't like, have you get, to. To Dolores point, when you when you um get to the tournament, you gotta be versatile in your roster. And like if you play like a say they run into an old miss, like yeah, old miss got their struggles, but they gonna get downhill on you. Who do you have that's gonna stop that? I'm not a believer. So 
I yeah, think it's going to be matchups. 16, but I, if they end up in a part where they got some hoopers that's getting downhill, good night. It's definitely going to have to be like a matchup thing. Like if they remember, remember the first USC matchup with Oregon State, Ray Marshall is shorter than all of those other bigs on that Oregon State team. By that some. baby been struggling. Oh, brother. Focus low. We're, slow. we're stay on top. Oh, my God. But but she kind of kept um the um Oregon State big in check that entire game with physicality. You know, like, mm-hmm. she wasn't really scoring over her. She couldn't go through her. And imagine, you know, some 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 Southeastern, um, hell, even some Big 12 um, post players would really shake them up a little bit. So, um, the, yeah. And they don't, they're, that's not a team that can get down. You know, like, Oregon State is not a team that can get down by 15 or 20 and come back and beat you. Because they don't, they don't get out in transition. Um, they're very much a half court team. Um, and if you can strap up on defense and, and, and win one quarter by big enough, you got them. Okay. So it sounds like second team, or I mean, second weekend team, um, no, no longer than that. Okay. So <clears throat> staying out there out West and the use in the pack 12, Lauren Betts is back after a brief absence from the team. And UCLA picked up two wins versus the Arizonas. So what – obviously, they look different with Lauren on the court. What were the major things that you saw that they probably weren't doing as much while she was out? Everything. <laughs> Literally. Having, having a six, six, seven, six, whatever big, it just changes things regardless. Just her being there. Like, same thing we said with Camilla. She, I mean, bigger – she just <laughs> – that changed everything, you know what I mean? Like, she don't really got to do much, which not saying she doesn't, but that changes everything. Your your defense on the back line changes. Your rebounding changes just because she's there. So that changed the whole complexion of the game, naturally, easily. Yeah, and there's more space with her on the floor, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because um, you can surround her with guards rather than feel like you have to do the traditional two-big lineup um, that they kind of went to. Um, yeah, she's, she really is an X factor. Um, and that's why all of us were so high on her transfer there because we knew the potential for what she could help Charisma and Kiki and others do on that team. Um, I do hope that the team was able to find individual confidence without her, um, so that with her, they can go back to finding the cohesion that had them beat UConn like they did and win some of their other um, non-con matchups. I'm just glad she's back because that press conference with Corey Close the other week was, yeah. So yeah, it was very nerve-wracking. It's great I, to see her back on the court. I'm interested to see where UCLA lands in the March Madness bracket because I think they've – Unless, like, one of the teams that are sitting on the one line right now just complete has, like, a downfall or something like that. I don't know if UCLA is done. They've lost enough to where you're questioning whether you want to put them on the one line or not. So they're going to be somebody's two seed. And I don't know if I would want UCLA to be about two seed because that's, like, a one seed team when Betts is moving and the guards are doing what they need to do. But because of, you know, injury and them having that 
run of bad luck, they could sneak up on somebody. Yeah, I, to to Yana's point, um, they to me, uh, once we do our our resume comparisons, I'll be able to make my final answer. But if we're going eye test with bets, they should still be a one seed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so and and but I will say Shay made this point earlier in the season, and I do think um that it becomes more and more clear regularly is that there is still that gap there with that team when Betts is not on the floor. And mm-hmm. we rem- remember in the Utah matchup where I don't know if she got injured in that matchup, so I'm just speculating. Um, but remember they were they had her in the game. They went down big, and then they were able to make their run without her on the floor. Against other teams, as we saw, that that's not the case. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, how does Corey play with her lineups around bets when matchups might not favor bets being on the floor? Like, do you still keep her out there? And, and how, like, what, what is she going to, like, this, she got to put her coaching boots on is what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and what that's going to be tested in the postseason because it's, it's a, a, the margin for error is slim and imagine being a one or two seed with all the expectations that team has and you get down and now the coach has got a coach and then you start taking pressure shots. You're not making shots. Um, that's where being there and having coached a team that far in the tournament matters and close hasn't done that or hasn't had a team this good or with this much potential since I think onion where they was there. So, um, and if I messed that up, sorry, you got the point. Right now, Charlie got UCLA and LSU, the two and the three in the same part of the bracket. <laughs> March Madness is yeah, it's gonna that, be crazy. It's especially based off of you know sending some people the favorites um in in their their regions I guess out to the West Coast. I think they had UConn even going out to Portland, so that's gonna be good. Sending ass to Portland. I, I agree. Even though we a lot of us think that that's not gonna happen because of course you want to probably keep the draw quote unquote home to make money in terms of ticket sales, but. We have a few more weeks before we determine before we can see where everyone's going. And um I know someone mentioned bad luck earlier. Um don't want to necessarily call this bad luck, but we never like to see injuries. But Texas, they've been thriving without their star player. Um since Roy Harmon has went out with injury, um the Longhorns are ten and three. They've uh, lost games against Baylor, Kansas State, and Oklahoma, all which were for the most part a seven point or less loss. And in they in turn they have gone and beaten Baylor and Kansas State and they haven't played Oklahoma just yet to get you know on their redemption tour. So what do you like that you have seen from them? Um, you know, they have Madison Booker, they have their other players. Um so you know what's I guess what is Vic doing that's helping Texas do well? So being far? in the Big Twelve. Yes I say they ain't <laughs> Yeah, Mm-mm. they're not doing anything new or astronomical. Mm-mm. They're just playing so, like a non-Big Twelve team. So, with you're saying, with with saying that being in the Big Twelve is helping their record, is that your way of saying that basically the Big Twelve is a mid? 
they would be Mississippi State in the SEC. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't, and it's not a knock to Texas because um, they are playing without their best player. But I mean, they they handling business right. They doing what they need to do handling what's in front of them. But they not they ain't putting no fear in nobody's heart, in my opinion. Yeah, I think being in the Big 12 is helping them at the moment, and it does kind of concern me um, because there are teams they're going to run into come March that are not Big 12 teams. Uh, like right now, and this isn't saying teams can't get better as the season goes on because that is what teams are supposed to do, but Oklahoma is leading the Big 12 right now in standings. Oklahoma lost to a Rakeelis Tennessee. So, I, yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the Pac-12's hard. I mean, the Big 12's hard because so many of the best teams in the conference have been dealing with injuries because um, even Kansas State is starting to, you know, stub their toe a little bit um, without Ioka. Um, Texas, of course, is without Rory, and even they've been without – um uh Gaston um as well for some games like their rotation has definitely fluctuated a lot um but to stay on the Texas topic um I think for them it's about everybody especially the guards that are not Madison Booker um because uh good sis uh from BYU um and then Holly um like I just they are Mountain West players playing in the Big 12. And so there are certain matchups where if they don't, if they're not knocking down three ball or scoring or helping initiate the offense, it does put a lot of pressure on Booker, which I think um, Vic alluded to recently saying, you know, um, Madison Booker is is very much playing like um, KD when he was at Texas because of the fact that she is the point guard. She's the shooting guard. She is everything for that team other than the center right now. Um, and so for me, come tournament time, I'm looking at who can be her 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 Robin, who can take some pressure off of her when another team has a good enough guard to test her handles or if her shot's not falling. Like, who do they look to on that roster? Um that's athletic enough and talented enough to contribute um, to the offense. So that's one of my criticisms of them right now. I'm a Madison Booker fan. They, that's all I have to add to the Texas conversation. I'm so sorry. God bless. Um, they play Iowa State, I think, this week. So that should be interesting. Out of all the Power Five teams, um, Big Twelve has the lowest amount of projected teams in the bracket with five. ACC and SEC are tied with nine. Big Ten has eight. Pac Twelve has seven. And Big Twelve, there are only two spots above the Big East with five. So, I mean, I guess the rest of the committee's feeling, or at least Charlie Sheen, not Charlie Sheen, what that man name is, Charlie Cream, is feeling the same thing <laughs> in regards to the Big Twelve. And now to the Big Ten, we have Ohio State leading the pack at 12-1. Overall record, 21-3. and They have a week coming up that features Nebraska that just got the dub against Caitlin, as well as at Penn State. 
So, um, what have you liked from Ohio State? Um, they got their wins against Michigan State and Minnesota, both on the road. So, anything that stood out to you with them? Do you think that now, you know, they, they have a rematch with Iowa later to close out the season? Um, do you think that they end up running the table in the Big Ten, or will they split it with Iowa, Indiana, someone? Um, personally, I like I've been saying on the spaces, I've been waiting to see them look like a unit, look like a team. And I genuinely, honestly, truly felt like Michigan State was a really good step in the right direction. Um, for the team, um, on both sides of the ball, um, they don't play like SEC defense. So some of my critiques of other programs, I can't apply to them just because of the style of play. Um, but I felt like Celeste was scoring, which is something I've been wanting to see from her this season. Um, JC wasn't settling for the three ball so much. She was attacking downhill. Um, they did. It didn't feel like live or die by Cody, which was great. Um, so I was really impressed um, to answer your question. Um, it's hard to be Iowa in Iowa. <laughs> it just is because you're not playing. It's the same thing that happened in the Final Four. Like, you're not playing just the team. You know, you're playing the refs. You're playing the crowd. And and Caitlin doesn't need much to be motivated to beat a team that she's lost to. Um, but I do think the area that they can, t- can continue to exploit, um, which I love that they did in the first matchup, was the um, Taylor Theory and Cody McMahon attacking downhill. Because I don't think that there's anyone on that roster that can defend either of them. Like, even though, um, what's the girl um, that just had 40-something points? Um, Hannah. 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 Like, Hannah's talented, um, but Hannah, she has some flaws to her game that I think both Cody and Taylor Theory can exploit. Just because I think they're more skilled, um, and if they really think through their moves, they can get her up in the air very easily and stay on the free throw line. Um, What I'm most interested to see um, is can they somewhat make the three ball equalizer or can they somewhat um, force Caitlin into some um, difficult shots? Like she's going to make her shit. She's going to do what she needs to do. But there was a point in the game where Caitlin was carving them up as a passer. Um, And so I think if they can blur her vision a little bit, really attack and try to get the um, Iowa bigs in foul trouble. They Like, they have the roster to make Iowa sweat, um, but they can't do no stupid shit. You know, they can't get in foul trouble. Um, they can't take bad shots. Um, if the press isn't working, get out of that shit quick. Um, so, can they run a table? Yes. I just, I don't know if it's possible. Because um, I do think the Penn State matchup could be hard. Um, but Valaday's out for the season, so that'll help them. Um, and I think the Iowa matchup will be probably one of the biggest games of the season again. Um, so I'm excited. And speaking of the Big Ten, some good news, Shay. Um, Charlie does have Maryland project to be in the tournament. So all hopes not lost. Brandon, sir. <laughs> You see, we went from Elite Eight to we are now projected to be in the goddamn field. I don't want to talk about that shit. Next. They got two wins over the weekend, though, so that's good. Um, no, they they it's they're Jakia and Bree and everybody's just doing their job. Go Terps. 
<laughs> Staying out in the corn, uh, Nebraska versus Iowa. What did y'all like? What did you see? Um, we understand that that might not have been Big Ten protocol, but ignoring <laughs> that, what did, what did you all enjoy from that game? And, you know, they, they held her allegedly. You know, some people think that, you know, Lisa, Miss Bloomin' Onion, was um, trying to hold her from those eight points so she can do it at home, but that's neither here nor there. They um, stopped Caitlin from getting the scoring record on their home court, and so now she has a chance to do it at home. But it was really a good game. When I was looking at the game, they were down by like eight or nine from when I saw it, and then they came back to win. What were some takeaways from that one? I'm sorry, but that is such a crazy theory that they held Caitlin off from scoring in order for her to get it at home when they needed the win. Like the big 10 at the top is a battle right now between Ohio state, Iowa and Indiana. And your team is about to lose and your air quote holding Caitlin from scoring so she can get it at home. That is stupid. Be fucking for real. Nebraska, I think man stupid, up. but I wouldn't be surprised y'all. That would be the dumbest thing, and that, that would be the dumbest coaching decision ever, and really stupid by Caitlin, too. But that, like, let's not take away from Nebraska just manning up and playing some good-ass defense down the stretch of the game to get themselves a home W. Like, they did what they needed to do. They made other people take shots, and any shot that Caitlin took was well-contested and tough, and she missed them, and they fought their way back into the game. So shout out to them. Like Nebraska is a good team. They ain't no hole. Like they're a good team. Um, and they played Iowa pretty well the first time. And then Caitlin kind of just like went like just went crazy on them and they couldn't keep up, but they're a good team. Okay. Well, going on to the ACC, which was probably the league that had some of the most interesting games this weekend. Notre Dame, their double overtime win against Florida State. Um, Syracuse, controversial calls, depending on who you're asking, came back and they won against Louisville. Um, Jeff um, Jeff Walls, you know, I think it was reported today that they took some money from his Happy Meal slide and his slide fund. And Duke and um, <laughs> Duke and North Carolina also went to overtime. So, like, what what was it about the ACC that made it such a special weekend? I haven't Why? seen the games, but I think the ACC is just like that. I think all the teams are just, um, just you know, existing around the same area. So, it's not surprising that their games end crazy, but the fouls and stuff that I've been hearing about is a little crazy. But I think, to me, I I thought it was in bad taste the way the coaches came to social media and were in the press conferences about the calls because I'm a firm believer that one call does not win or lose a game. And specifically in the, um, the UNC and even the Syracuse matchup, like, you just did not execute. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the UNC player missed a layup. Like, it was a layup. Did mm-hmm. she get pushed in the basket? Sure. Was it a, a layup on one defender? Yes, you make the layup, you win the game. That's over. We don't even have to talk about fouls. The 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 Louisville matchup, they were in the lead the majority of the game. Like, they controlled the majority of that game. They let Syracuse back into the game. They did not execute on defense. Um, and so, yes, can we critique the refs? Sure. Re- Officiate has been bad 
all around. But I do think sometimes coaches do cop out resting for lack of execution um, and lack of principles on both ends of the floor. Um, and so to me, that was the biggest um, snafu, I guess, in both of those um, losses because, um, you know, Duke was out of the game in the UNC matchup. UNC was up the majority of the game. They scored, I think, eight or nine points in the fourth quarter. You can't win no game scoring nine points in the fourth quarter. You just can't, especially if the other team's doubling you up. Um, same with Syracuse and Louisville. Like, they, the first time they played, you know, like, they just lost. That That's just how I feel, to be <laughs> honest. Like, was it a bad, was there bad cause? Yes, but you could have won the game in regulation. You didn't. And you you choked it away with because you didn't execute. So, sure, you know, I to me, the more impressive win was the Notre Dame win over Florida State. Um, because literally, it's, I, I feel so bad for Hannah. <laughs> like, ain't nobody helping her. Ain't nobody helping her. They got all these high recruits, and they look stinky, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a nice battle, though. Tanaya and Hannah went at it, and that was dope to see. So, the, the beautiful gowns. Yeah. All of them are sweet. Um, so, the Florida State and uh, Florida State. Notre Dame game. That was a good one. I was watching it while I was at the South Carolina game. Like I had it on my phone and I was like, God damn, another overtime. Um, but it was a really good game. Like Tanaya and Hannah going back and forth. That was really nice. Uh, I really need Florida State to figure out how to close games. They they did well, I guess, keeping it close in that overtime thing. And then they just made, like, really bad decisions uh, in the last, like, 10 seconds. They fouled when there was no need to foul and the game was tied. And they sent Citron to the line. She makes her free throws. They still have, like, eight seconds to get a shot up and pass the ball to no one. And Hannah gets a steal and game over like that's just unacceptable and Florida State's been doing a really bad job of closing games out as of late and that's really going to bite them in the ass come tournament time if they don't figure that out because they can score they can score at anybody but the decision making down the stretch is really bad um for the first time ever so people can knock this down write this down uh I agree with Jeff um did they fold and lose the lead absolutely should they not have sure but that call was fucking nuts like if it was my team i also would have taken the 20k if i had 20k to like i take that fine too because that is a foul that everyone does down the stretch when you just have to get a foul you simply just when you're down and you're just trying to foul so they can go to the free throw line and you just reach in to get a foul that's all it was it wasn't her tackling the girl she didn't like grab her by the jersey and yank her it was literally just a touch reach foul and that's it and they called an intentional foul on that that changed the entire ending of the game that is like that is an insane call from a ref and if something like that was to happen in march madness it would be insane so i do justice for you have to call it out like you have to call that out Maybe not all the other, like, I watched the UNC one. That one was, that that was nothing. But that one in the Louisville game, oh, that ref needs to be, like, reprimanded or something from that call because that was insane. 
Yeah. And my issue with the ACC is that if you go back and watch their YouTube recap, they skip over that part. And so you're already admitting that y'all fucked up because you're not even putting it for the rest of the public to go and look at it. But I agree with Yana. Like, that call is the type of shit. That's like that call against Iowa where they gave that girl free throws and she didn't, uh, when the call was on the floor. That type of shit keeps people out of tournaments, get people in the wrong brackets. Like, that is egregious calling. And if that is an intentional foul, then every take foul at the end of the game is intentional. Call it consistently. Okay. Well, off to the game of the week, or what was billed as the game of the week. Um, in the words of Skylar Diggins, she wanted to see a good game, so she wasn't watching. Uh, South Carolina uh, throupled uh, UConn. What were your high and low moments from that game? I'm sorry, they did what to UConn? <laughs> I'm sorry. As, as I as the word came out, I was like, yeah, that's not the right word. Throttled? <laughs> I'm sorry. Throttled, yes. Throttled. <laughs> Let's do over. South Carolina <laughs> throttled UConn in the absence of Camilla. And we also know that UConn are dealing with some injuries as well. So what were those? Yes, please mention that, Lord. Please mention <laughs> that. And UConn, y'all got paid. <laughs> UConn is missing players as well. I want to make sure that when people go back and listen to this thing on YouTube, Spotify, whatever, we said it. UConn is also missing players. <laughs> and I will say, Effie, we all got paid. Did, did, them people did not give no damn about the teams they was beating from the year 2000 to the year 2016, who was injured and how many players they were missing. They were the best teams for the majority of those years. They whooped their ass for the majority of those years and went in and left and, and, and didn't care. Now, we got the best coach in the history of women's basketball copping please, saying we tried our best. Like he doing everything other than what he the the go swim in the ocean. Just two years ago, it was go swim in the ocean. Now it's well, if you only see me playing seven players, that's all I'm gonna play, sir. Are they not five star recruits? Are like are they not like are they not top ten recruits? Did you not have no issue playing them the year prior? So yeah, I don't I don't care. Um if Paige is the GOAT, she needs to do what Caitlin's doing with her farmers and her corn and her corn people in Iowa. Caitlin Caitlin lost her best big and she done turned um Stokey into a top ten big in the country. If Paige can't do that with Aaliyah Edwards, I don't wanna hear it. I don't want no excuses, don't cut no please. If she is the player that y'all keep saying she is, this should have been a tough game. Period. I will say it was so loud in that gym. My head was ringing for three hours all the way back home. The game, the atmosphere, it was really dope. It was really, it was, it was really nice. I wish everybody could have been there. It was really dope. Y'all should have all came. For sure. Yeah, I've been to a lot of games this year and 
This one was like, I, y'all y'all see me complaining on the timeline because I'd be real mad at the fans. Because I'd be like, yo, it's too many people in here, 16,000 plus for us to be like so quiet most of the game, right? But the atmosphere Sunday was insane from the jump, from the beginning. Like, it was so lit in there. And it, it was just like really, really exciting to be a part of. Yeah, it was y'all. It it was nuts in there. I, I the did y'all see the crock pot it, up close? I ain't see it up. I, I ain't see him up close, but I can see him holding that crock pot up. The and crock the pot, students, the fly swatter. The students got the swag surf right. Um, child, they started <laughs> slow and move. I said, "Oh, they've been putting their work in over there. <laughs> they look good." I was surprised, but the game. Uh, yeah, it was. It was loud. The it was DJ loud in there. The DJ did really good. He was playing Ply songs most of the time. The instrumentals, though, let me say that. Then one time he didn't play the instrumentals, and I was like, oh, my father. <laughs> what song was it? Which one? I can't remember. I got to think about it. One time, it's something, something, and I'm horny, something, something. I was like, oh. <laughs> you about to give them old people a fit. Oh. You know, they couldn't understand it. Understand it. But um, the game was the game was really fun. I don't even think we played our cleanest game. I think we could have played better. Honestly, I think Pow Pow did her thing the first half. Um, but I think Chloe when I at the game, it really looked like Chloe was like I felt like Chloe just could not get right. But then once I watched it again, I was like, Oh, her mistakes that she did make were just so bad, but she did have good moments. But in the game I was like, Oh girl, Chloe, please. But she really <laughs> did she didn't do that bad. Um I do think they could have played better. That wasn't the best game I've seen them play, but Really? Yeah, I don't. I think their defense wasn't great. Sometimes they just got beat on defense. Yeah, just I, I saw standing, that. I mean, flat footed, just getting beat. They didn't rebound as well as I feel like they could have. Raven did. You know, individually they did some things, but I don't think that's the best I've seen them play at all. Um, Breezy did her thing on defense, so I feel like some of her shots were missing a little, which is fine. You know, cool. They don't matter. It happens. But as an overall, yeah, I think they played. They played some better games. The fourth quarter wasn't my favorite, but the game was already out of reach, so it didn't matter. Um, Raven was phenomenal. I love the quote from Raven's presser when she said, you know, she told Ashlyn uh, that Camilla's out, so she's going to help her rebound. And boy, did she. Raven was in that paint, (laughs) sky and high for those rebounds. And Ray, like, Raven's conditioning this year, it, I don't think people talk about it a lot, but Raven is don't talk about fucking her machine, yo. Like, she's on constant go, constantly pushing the pace, defending the ball, like, fighting over screens, rebounded mm-hmm. her ass off. And I don't even feel like Raven came out the game that much, but she just had energy. Mm-hmm. And she's she's just been so good for them. Um Ashlyn, amazing. Like, Ashlyn's starting to knock down that midi, man, and she's confident a- in it now. And they just was watching her. It was, like, yes. it was a couple of shots that she just was looking like, okay, well, are you going to stand there? Because, I mean, I'm going to shoot it. I just want, what you want to do? And she would look, and she was standing. She was like, okay, well, shit, I'll shoot it. Like, what we doing here? Like, you just going to let me? She's. Shout out to Tessa. Tessa, man, listen, y'all. The future. Listen. Listen. The future for South Carolina is insane. Like, no, Tessa. <laughs> Tessa. 
such a strong future if you get my drift. And it's crazy because Tessa <laughs> came in and was aggressive from the jump. Like she drew two fouls immediately as soon as she came in. And then on top of that, she took the defensive assignment of Paige because mm -hmm. she came in for Breezy. And I thought when Breezy went out, Raven would probably be the one to take over. Mm -hmm. But no, it was Tessa. And Tessa was, Tessa was in on her the grill. Plan. Tessa, y'all, Tessa came in there like a damn dog. I, 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 I excuse me, Tessa, honey. <laughs> like, for real. I, I just couldn't, I don't want to say I couldn't believe it because she's definitely had games that she's done well. But to see her just pop out like, all right, like we here, we doing this, like, it's just amazing. And then when Malaysia comes in, well, she can work on finishing her layups a little bit. She'll get that she's young. But when she comes in, the energy just goes from two to two thousand. Like they just had it's just it's just way. I I would not want to do that scout. Please. To me, to me, the most impressive thing about this roster is the others. Like, and I it, like it can't be unstated. Like Aaliyah's rookie year, we had Henny. Lily and Saxton coming off the bench. And that was like gangbusters. Like, as soon as they got the game, tempo sped up, lead went up by 10, instant timeout for the other team. The thing about this roster is it's not just three people. It is any person that Don puts in off the bench, shit about to go. Like, and, and that's what this game felt like. It was like every single time Don made a rotation, that next player up, was like, it's my time to shine. And they might not have did everything perfect, but right. the energy, the exactly. like, mm -hmm. the, yep. the the constant barrage of just like talent mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. like dog and grit. And it like, you could, to me, I don't know what Don said to them about the UConn matchup, but to me, after 2019 or 2020, <laughs> this thing was like, we got our first one, we not losing another one. And I know they lost the one in UConn, um, but the approach to the UConn matchup, and Quentin tweeted this, and I have to bring it back up, was beating UConn in 2023, regardless of the injuries, is not as impactful as beating UConn in 2017. And I think that has a lot to do with what Don and some other programs have created because Malaysia went in and was like, um, KK, you good, but I'm better. Yeah. Like Tessa went in and was like, Ashley Shade, you good, but I'm better. Papa said, Paige, you good, but get in this blender real quick. Like it was just Ashley was like, You good, Aaliyah Edwards, but I'm about to get in your shit. And yes, Aaliyah got her stats in the fourth quarter, but if we go back and look at when they went up against each other. It was, it was, it was, it was dog. Like, Ashton was in her ass. And even, I know Low critiqued um, Chloe Kitts, but Chloe was finishing around the rim. Which she was. We have not seen in a long time. Like, she was finishing through contact. She was looking for the contact. Um, the mid-range was mid-ranging. I thought she rebounded a lot better. Um... So I, to me, it was our most complete win in terms of the fact that this team did not have Camilla. And you could go into the matchup with a different mentality, but to me, it felt like free. Like, And that's why I say it's our most complete win because 
it was the most free I felt like they played even through their mistakes since the second half of the Notre Dame game. And let me say this, and I don't want the, y'all to Camilla, don't be mean to Camilla crowd, don't jump on me because this is not my intention in this comment. I feel like without Camilla, they do play a little more free. It didn't seem like there was as much uh, as much as uh, get get the ball in the paint, get the ball in the paint, get the ball to Camilla, get the ball to Camilla, which isn't a Camilla thing, right? It's not Camilla's fault per se, right? But with this, I feel like they were playing more free. I'm not necessarily like, ooh, let me get it in. I'm going to get it in eventually to Ashlyn do her thing, Sanaya, Chloe do her thing, but it didn't seem like such an effort to let me make sure I get it. Let, let me make sure I do this. If I got this shot here, cool, I can take it. I can shoot it. I can, I can do my little thing. I can rock a little bit. That's why it's more free. I think it's just more free in general without her. And once again, that's not a hate y'all. I know how y'all get about Camilla Child. <laughs> so, I'm, you know. I ain't trying to, I'm not spiting her. I'm not being mean to her. She's still an important part of this team because we can see nationally without her, the rebounding isn't as great there. We do miss that line of defense. But without her, it did feel a little more, a little more free, a little more like, shit, we hooping. Let's get it. That's and what it like. to, that, to that crowd, like, let's not be intentionally obtuse. Like, I felt like everybody collectively, non-Carolina fans and Carolina fans, spoke about she's not here, the team looks different. I was most proud of the fact that all the way down to Sakima, every single big looked ready for the matchup. Like, every single big was excited. And yes, UConn did only have Aaliyah Edwards and Ice Brady. But Aaliyah Edwards was, at one point, a potential national player of the year, um, top five pick. Ice Brady was a top three pick in her class so like these are talented players and outside of Camilla none of them really have experience at this level in this type of matchup so it was just as much as a new matchup for them as it was for some of the UConn players so I was just really excited that as a group as a team everybody really like locked in and played as a team and it didn't feel so much like you know, we need Camilla to get 20 points or like we're going to force it to her so that she can be a part of the offense. Like everybody was a part of the offense organically. And yes, that does go to coaching. Um, but I think the players do play a factor in that as well in terms of do we trust each other? And I felt like there was a synergy and a trust that every time this person got the ball, if it was their time to shoot, I'm going to put my hands up and I'm going to run to the other end. Or if it look off off the off the shot, we're gonna crash the boards. And that was really exciting um to watch. So I have a question. So I th- uh, I think Lo mentioned this a few times in regards to things that UConn did during certain moments that looked well that she wished they would have continued or why they went away from it, mainly Aaliyah Edwards. So what were some uh, I don't know. I know Gino is GOAT coach. All of this, but some of these decisions he's been making, I, I don't, I don't understand it. It does not make sense to me that you do not make a conscientious effort to go to Aaliyah in the first half. That is stupid. It does not make sense to me that Ashlyn Shade is taking more shots than Aaliyah Edwards. Uh, uh, you know, in the, in the second half, they did make sure, make more of an effort, but that don't make sense to me. That's never gonna make sense to me. Um, and I ain't even know, you know, UConn fan, but Aaliyah 
has proven herself. All last year, she did her big one. Aaliyah has a little short pull-up jump shot. She can make a mid-range. Aaliyah can get to the basket. So it doesn't – now, I wish Aaliyah knock your ass over. She'll do that too, but, yeah, that's not my She will. She'll come, come Aaliyah, right into you. Yes, Aaliyah has proven herself. So to see her – I mean, she almost looks frustrated sometimes. Like, she'll get the ball and be like, well, damn, let me shoot it now because y'all ain't going to give it to me no more. I don't – I don't. that's silly to me. And additionally, once again, I'm not no UConn fan, but I don't care what y'all say about Amari. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing about what or what not their girl not doing in practice because, and, and it's, once again, I, let me be honest, no shade to Ice. Ice is young. Ice is learning. Ice be looking awful out there a lot of the times. And you're not going to convince me that Amari, Amari can it can be any worse. She's a bigger body. She might not be able to score, and that's fine, but she can rebound. As a coach, when you've got seven people that's playing, your All-American Aaliyah, she's tired because she having not exhaust so much energy on the defensive end. Then she running up and down the court for vibes. Y'all don't pass her the damn ball sometimes. Amari doesn't have to be a super, 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 superstar. Amari is a big girl, and she can rebound the ball. She needs to be in the game, even if it's in little spurts, to help the other girls get some rest. And to me, if you're telling me she's not good enough to do that, then that's a coaching issue. That girl's not good enough to get in the game for three or four minutes at a time. That's a coaching issue. You can't find a way to motivate this girl to just be out there and be tough and grab some rebounds. That's a coaching issue. So if Amari isn't serviceable, that's a Geno problem. That's a coaching staff problem. So fuck all that other stuff. Oh, well, Amari's not good. She's not doing this in practice. That girl has been there for a long enough time that she should at least – at the very least, be able to give Aaliyah some a little bit of rest time. She should, at the very least, be able to take your damn All-American page six-foot guard out of the paint. And if you can't figure out a way to get that girl to be that, to do that, that is a coaching issue. And I know that's, quote-unquote, the GOAT. I don't care. That is a problem. You're not going to Aaliyah, and y'all can't get this six-six girl that's been there for years to do anything off the bench? That's piss poor to me. You can't find a way to at least sneak Inez in to do anything, that's an issue. I don't care. I don't, if you call fans, y'all can come at me. I don't care. That is, that's illogical. I don't care. Now, who is uh, Inez? Doug. Caitlin Clark. <laughs> oh, is that JN? That's little Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, okay. No, JN was the one that left last year. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that don't, and then, um, then the KK girl, it's clear to me, this, if, if I'll be honest, Pow Pow has worked on her de- defense. KK could have took Pow Pow to the basket anytime she wanted to. It was a couple of times that she did, but she turned around and she did, and sometimes she didn't. Why the hell I got a girl going downhill? It's just so many things that I think just just don't make sense to me. Like, well, he, injuries are not. You got not, three point guards in the starting lineup. Yeah, injuries are not. Like, and this is why, and this is why I can understand the the not the criticism but just the just the think not think pieces but just the discussions around Gino needs quote unquote all Americans. Gino now has a team. Gino got the teams that Don was winning with back in the day. That Don started racking up start knocking them down with. This is the team that Gino got now, but Gino can't can't Gino not working it like he can I'm yeah, it, I I'm sorry like you got to be able to find a way to get a little more out of Cadence right now. You got to find a way to get a little more out of Amari like these are the t- Don was winning with uh 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 Donye Klein. Uh and um come on now. Gaines. Gaines and like we come on. You know what I mean? Like 
he has to find a way. We're in a different era now. I'm not, if he needs 10 All-Americans to win, hey, that's his claim to fame. Cool. But he has to be able to get something serviceable out of these girls. I, these girl. I, I don't. Mm-mm. Sorry. Sorry, UConn fans. Sorry, girlies. I don't know what else to say. And if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is wet. Maybe they love me when I fade to black. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. No, but to to stay on that point, I do think we have to be more critical of just the, like, what are you doing with the roster that you recruited? Like, it's not like he's getting these players and they're giving him something outside of what they did when he recruited them. So if when you recruited this player, you saw enough talent and potential in the play of her to come to UConn. And as we know, you know, it's very like, you know, you can't, if you're not a certain way, you can't play for me. If you don't do certain things in college, you can't play for me. So if you, if he could not see something in them that was serviceable enough to either continue to work with them over the summer and and develop or just allow them to be good at what they were good at in high school, then I have to go back and say, is he only good when he is coaching a team full of the same player? Because what, what to me, what it looks like is, is that he is now being affected by everyone else's ability to pull in other recruits because Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, Juju does not go to USC. Mm -hmm. Juju is on his roster. So then Mm -hmm. he can trot out a team with Paige, Juju, a healthy AZ, Aaliyah Edwards, and whoever he wants, and they win 48 games in a row. And then when it's time to do the draft, we can go to each draft, and he can say, well, for this draft, Paige is the best player in the country and put the media machine behind her. And maybe she only averages 13 points, nine rebounds. um, I mean, you know, nine assists, five rebounds, but they're winning. So she's playing with the best players in the country. She doesn't really have to do too much. It's basically like a professional roster on a college team. Gino gets to play manager, go out there and do what you do. Free-flowing offense, you figure out how to win the game. Now you don't have Juju beside Paige. You don't have the next best player in their class beside Paige. And so Paige has to work harder. Paige has got to not only be a facilitator, she's got to score. She's got to play defense. And so that is a harder job than what you recruited her for. Because when you recruited her, the message was, come play with your best friend, win a title together, practice against the best, go to the pros and be the best. But when you didn't surround, when you don't have everything surrounding that, you've got to get in, put your coaching boots on and get to work. Right, and it's and it's no no shade to Paige. Like she's doing what she can at this point. I I feel like you think she could be doing more or, or taking more shots. So I think that go back to his ass too. But when you got her in the damn and guarding a four because you can't get nothing out of the six six girl on the bench. Come on now, that that just don't make you're not even to me. You're not even allowing her to be in the best position to succeed at this point. Why 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 are you doing that? Why are you doing that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you're not even setting Paige up for success. Why is she down there? Like, like it just, none, it just, I'm, I'm just looking and, and it just don't add up. Like, it's not making sense. Like, and you're not going to kind of be snarky in the press and talk about, well, the, the seven that are playing or the seven that we're going with. Well, sir, if those are only the seven that you can go with, then you're not doing something right. If you got a six, six junior or a senior on your bench and you can't get nothing out of her, you're, you're the problem. 
Sorry. I can't. I can't. Y'all I just got to giggle. Because it's funny how the tables turn. <laughs> turn. What mama can say. <laughs> I don't like Dolores said. Y'all been beating the brains out of people for better part of a decade. And now that the landscape thing even out is oh well I don't know what to do and this and that all of these excuses and you talking about media coverage when you got goddamn ESPN in your backyard don't nobody want to hear that shit man y'all are and then with the times it's okay to admit it hang it up flat screen it's over and then let's talk about the media coverage thing because in the middle at halftime of the next game on ESPN I see Gino on my screen like, he didn't just get the doors blown off of him. So what's going on? What, what we should be talking about is, what could Gino have done better? What They're, they're going to take an L, sure. They got a lot of players missing. Cool. They took the L. The L isn't the problem, right? Cool. Whatever. But instead of, oh, well, let's try to find some positives, why are we talking about, hey, he got a 6 his girly on his bench. What are we doing? Why is Paige in the paint? Why are we not having that conversation? Why are we, oh, well, yes, you lost. You lost. I mean, you lost bad. You should have lost worse. But what, 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 what were some positives? Why not? Why aren't we having a discussion about that game and talk about the rise of South Carolina and talk about how the tide has turned for right now, at least, and talk about, hey, well, maybe Gino could have did this a little better. Why are we praising him for losing? I, I just that's why the media conversation, sure, Paige is doing her thing, but. At the very end of the day, when we circle back, stuff like that is just wild. And nobody wants to question, what the hell is this? And we got and parents saying, um, she's on our TV again, but that was just your child two years ago. I just, it's just, it's just all, it's just all very interesting. Um, we can have, you know, honest conversations about every other coach and what they're doing in their shortcomings. And it, it doesn't take away from the fact that Gino is, he, he's, he's earned it. You know what I'm saying? But some of these, some of these little tweaks are a little questionable. It's if, the if same. It's the, the answer to your question is the same reason why ain't nobody write shit about all of the shit Skylar said a week ago. I ain't seen no write-ups, no goddamn headlines, no nothing. And it's because if it's Tarasi, if it's Gino, or it's whoever the fuck is associated with that program, it is they will not say shit about them to make them look even a little bit like they in some bad shit. So it is what it is. But guess what? South Carolina is running the goddamn table. And if you don't catch the fuck up, the shit, the gap is only going to get wider. I'm so sorry. Either go home or pony up. I just want to say that I'm old enough to remember when it was Asia Wilson's senior year. And uh, she, you know, played UConn twice, got her ass beat twice um, because she just didn't have a lot of stars around her. But she was clearly the best player on the floor, which was why they sent like three people at her every time she touched the ball. But since she got her ass beat twice in both of those games, they decided to start pushing the narrative of Gabby Williams being the best senior in the class. And Gabby Jay Williams Billis. had the higher ceiling than Age Wilson's just simply because Gabby Williams was always the one that performed better in those games because she had stars around her. And so now that, um, you know, we're in 2024 and uh, tables have turned, 
I'm just going to start the rumor and the conversation that Pow Pow is the better player than Paige. Is it true? Probably not, but I don't give a fuck because they didn't give a fuck back then. So Pow Pow is the better player. Pow Pow has the higher ceiling. If you have a problem with it, go back to 2018 and discuss why you didn't have a problem with it back then because I don't give a fuck. Go Pow Pow. Well... Before we wrap up the college talk, are there any games that you all are looking forward to this weekend? Um, you have to, you know, at, as much as they are weird. Um, Tennessee, South Carolina is exciting. Um, oh, just yes, for so. just for the history of the matchup. Um, and Tennessee has a lot, you know, they they're trying to solidify themselves in the tournament, in my opinion. Um, so that um that's a good matchup um i mean pac 12 is always exciting um to me and i do think ohio state and penn state will be um a fun one as well who's guarding tasha Cobbs? oh my god Woo! um probably Ooh. celeste yeah Okay. Well, that concludes everything for the college portion of our spaces. Um, happy birthday again to you, Dolores. Um, so, uh, well, no, before we get into, before we move on to everything else um, about FIBA and WNBA, we want, I do want to mention this question about um, seeding. There's been so many conversations around how you would seed certain teams. We saw that Bracketology um, came out with, I guess, its latest top 16. I think the official top 16 Reveal will probably happen next week or so, or at least the first of its series. Um, there are some teams who are basically fighting for the opportunity to host. There are some teams that have pretty much locked in their spot hosting. They can lose the rest of their games, and they will probably be a top 16 seed. Um, but there are some who you could put them anywhere between a one to a four or even out of the top four. First up on that list we want to talk about is UConn. How do you see them? When you look at their resume and compare it to the others, yes, they have the name. Yes, they, they are a storied program. They have some of the players who may be in the running for National Player of the Year or a National Player of the Year or All-American at least. How do you see UConn? I'm going to give you all um, four other schools too and, and tell me where do you think they should fall. This is not the conversation for me. I'm gonna need <laughs> um, I think UConn is still a top four seed. Um, probably I put them in the three range, that three seeded range, just because a lot of other teams have just done so much. But UConn still has like the number one strength of schedule and they still have very solid wins. And so um I'd probably put them at the three seed. I think they've done enough to still host. Yeah, I I agree with Yana. Um, to me, although like looking at the the document we posted earlier, um, my first issue is just with Net in general, um, because I don't think Net necessarily reflects the fact that some of the wins that are deemed good aren't good later. 
but that's another conversation. But with that in mind, I think looking at the strength of schedule and out of, out of conference strength of schedule, they have tested themselves enough to be no lower than a three seed. Um, I think if um, looking at their resume, I don't necessarily believe that they have any like quality, quality wins, like as good, like when I say quality, quality wins, I mean like against another one seed. Um, or even a two seed. Um, so I think a three or two is probably their ceiling for me. Okay. So Iowa or UConn, who would you see seed higher? I, it, it's got to be UConn. I would probably seed uh, UConn higher at the moment. Um, I, Iowa still has a chance to, you know, beat Ohio State and give themselves a pretty big win. But to be honest, I like I don't really think Iowa really has like crazy big wins. They have one versus Kansas State in Indiana, but I'm not really super high on Indiana, so that might be why I feel like Iowa don't really have crazy big wins. But um I'd probably go with UConn at the moment just because of strength of schedule. I think they're UConn has like two more quad one losses, but they both have the same number of quad one wins. So it just means that UConn challenged themselves just a little bit more than Iowa did. And so, yeah. Okay, so those were the two um, that we wanted to focus on, but I want to throw some others out there. Gonzaga, where do you put them? Um, a A top four seed, at least? I think Gonzaga should host. I can't say the reasoning because I got some this or that up my sleeves for the future, but I do think they should be hosting. I agree with Yana. Um, I think the Stanford win does hold a lot of weight um, for them this season because I test-wise, Stanford is a one seed for me um, right now. Um so with that, that already puts them ahead of UConn and Iowa in terms of their best win being better than both of those teams. Um, but yes, I think they've earned it. Um, I think three to four range for them, depending on how they finish out. And they challenge themselves more than a lot of the teams that are sitting behind them. Like, I just think there's some teams that are not behind them, but teams that are in Charlie Cream's top 16 that I think Gonzaga could easily replace. Like, I don't think Virginia Tech really challenged themselves as much as they could have, to be honest. And, yes, I just – Indiana, I don't think they've been that impressive either. Um, So those are two teams that just come to the top of my head that I would honestly put Gonzaga over. Yeah, but I would get him, okay. get him that. Oh, I would say I would get him that. And then as far as the UConn Iowa conversation, I don't care who two or three, but put both of them in the same goddamn part of the bracket. <laughs> I mean, that works too. If if they say they want to be like you know S curve now that there's just two regions, then make Iowa the worst two seed and make UConn the best three seed and let them duke it out in Portland for. So now if LSU had lost, because um, at one point they were down by double digits to Alabama, do you think that would have been the final nail in the coffin for them in terms of hosting? No. Ooh. I think if Not- they lose to anyone between now and the SEC tournament or don't make it to the SEC championship, I do. 
for some reason, I'm not 100% sure how much I trust the NCAA just yet because I feel like they still think about money when it comes to some of these teams and having a game, you know, having two games at LSU, that's, that's money. And so unless they, like, lose to – I don't know who else is on their schedule, but if they lose to – they play Bandy or something, maybe they like got Bandy at or they at Texas A and M, then Auburn at Tennessee at Georgia, and then the last is Kentucky. Yeah, so those will be some ugly losses. If they lost like two of those, I can definitely see them being like a fifth seed, or they might be a four seed because other teams haven't really been doing what they need to do either. So it's really about how all the other teams are doing too on that four seed line, like. Are they going to win their games or are they going to lose? Because Oregon State's currently on the four seed line, but they have some games coming up that they very well much can lose. So same with Louisville. So it's really just what is everybody else doing? But we'll get a good look at what the March Madness Committee is thinking because they're going to release their first top 16 Thursday. So we'll get a we'll get an idea at least. All right. So heading over to. um. We're going to discuss the FIBA games. Um, several teams have punched their tickets to the Olympics. The reigning gold medalist, you, um, the United States of America and Diana, and then Belgium, France, Australia, China, Japan, Spain, Germany, Canada, Serbia, Nigeria, and Puerto Rico. I'm trying to roll my R's and make it sound exotic. Puerto Rico. Okay, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Those teams have punched their tickets to the Olympics. So um, initially, there was a scare. Uh, with the United States, with the U.S. in their first game against Belgium, but shouts out to the the WNBA MVP Stewie with her putback, and uh, we know that we've all been critical of the U.S. in their roster makeup, um, give or take, whomever it is you want to plug and play on that roster. What were you? What were your thoughts in regards to their overall play, and who were the stars of that game? And is it I would more like coaching say, errors? I would like to say it's the USA and Ryan Howard, the girlie who made the all tournament team. <laughs> Let's start there. The okay. second thing I the second thing I would like to say is stop playing in her face and stop playing on her name. Both games she got in, she did her big one. She added scoring and she started hooping. Okay. Please put some respect on her name and think about it when you make the final round. I was about to say, That's now all. with that, do you think that was their eye opener? Or they already knew what she could do. They were just trying to um, play in her face. No, I think no, I think it's political. I think they do what they want to do. But I'm glad that she still went and did her big one. But I think they do what they want to do regardless. Okay. There's um, no way that oh, go ahead, Yana. I was just gonna say, you know, call me anti-American, but I was hoping they lost that game versus Belgium. I, like, I was just, like, I'm, like, watching that game, I was just so over how Team USA handles things, because one, why are y'all going over there without a fucking point guard for starters? Like, you mean to tell me you can't find one point guard to plug on this roster at all, and you go over there without one? To Belgium, of all places, like Belgium's probably one of the top three teams right now. And you went into their country thinking you finna step on a court and you ain't got no point guard. And then you brought DT along. 
And I don't know what the fuck DT was doing during that game. She was getting cooked on defense, missing every damn shot. One of her shots went, like, straight off the backboard. I never see DT miss so bad in my life, but it was a bad miss. And defensively, she was just awful. And they kept playing her. Like, they just – even when the game got close and USA was, like, ahead, they put her back in. And the game got, like – it was a one-point game again, and it got tied. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, at this point – you want to lose and you should lose because maybe that'll wake you guys up and realize that you can't just be half assing it and sending players over just because we have the best players in the world and we're just going to win because we have the best players in the world. Like, no, there needs to be some thought and some decision making when it comes to creating a cohesive and solid roster. Like, yes, we know there's talent in the USA, but you still have to put together a roster that meshes meshes well and makes sense. Like, Stewie sucked in that game. Now, I'm not saying don't take Stewie because Stewie's Stewie and Stewie can still hoop. She, she was just really, really bad. I think Stewie need to take a break. I don't know what's going on with Stewie. Stewie has looked really bad for a while now, so maybe she just need a little break. But there was no reason why Nafisa shouldn't have been playing more minutes because she was playing so well that game. Like, Fee was probably one of the only ones that was doing what needed to be done and getting shit done in KP2. And why aren't you trying out at least Jackie or Aaliyah or Ryan in that game when everybody is struggling? Kyle couldn't hit anything after the first quarter. Atkins, I don't know what Atkins was doing. Jewel couldn't throw a ball into the ocean. And you got Ryan sitting on the bench who clearly can knock down threes as well. And shit, throw Sabrina ass in there too. She can knock down some threes too. Like, we couldn't hit anything. I think we hit two threes that entire game. And you had three-point shooters sitting on the bench just chilling. Because of what? Girl, I almost ended this basis just now. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that name, but go ahead. <laughs> so, yes, maybe I was slightly anti-USA women's basketball for that game, but I just felt like at some point they need a wake-up call with how they do things because I do I, think there's a lot of politics involved with the decisions that they make, and it's so annoying. I honestly don't think you're the only one. I saw several – well, I, I know you're not the only one. Several people kind of um, – suggested the same or had or echoed the same sentiments in regards to you know needing a loss do you think maybe them not maybe them choosing not to play certain players was because they're like okay well you're not you're just here as a placement holder anyway until we get our others back chelsea bg and asia or do you just think that once again it was just like nah we, we want them i don't know what it was but it's terrible coaching <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what, like, I, if that's the people you want to keep throwing out there, Stewie going, like, one for whatever, and Atkins tackling people and missing every shot, and KP trying to run point and turning the ball over. Like, if that's what you want to do, then, hey, I guess. What's go ahead, head head coach. Thomas, yes. She, uh, I haven't seen not one bit of her in the entire, I mean, I also didn't watch as much. But I just don't recall seeing her there. Okay. So um, who do you think impressed or did, like, really well that they locked up their spot? I don't Um, don't, Go, Shay. I I saw Shay. I mean. Oh, I was just going to say, there's no way in goddamn hell that this was uh, anything but politics. There's no way you look at Ryan play basketball and you're like, yep, Diana, fuck. 
<laughs> alert. Somebody pick your kid up. Oh my God. But I don't, it, it just, it doesn't fucking make sense. And I'm with Yana. I'm not a little anti-American. I was fully rooting for Belgium. I had on a Belgium hat, pants, <laughs> thong, blazer, blouse. Shout out to You better Belgium. cheer for your finals MVP. I needed it to happen because it, it, it's embarrassing to go over there and just bullshit like that and put out a roster like that. And I'm tired of Tarasi. Go home. Raise your family. Be a family woman. It's time. I will say Fee was a big bright spot um, for this trip. Um, but I think that typically happens in these settings. Like Asia was, Asia, like Fee kind of basically took on the role that Asia took on when she kind of joined these rosters a few years ago, where everybody kind of knows what they're going to get out of Stewie, AT. Um and others on the roster, um, but Fee was like Fee was playing like I'm trying to go to the Olympics, and so there was just a different level of like intensity and commitment and drive and passion. Like she was definitely fighting for a roster spot, um, and so she definitely took on the ex doctor role. Um, but I think in the team, like in the way that the Team U.S. system is set up, we can't forget that. Fee was playing for her head coach. That's one thing. Same thing with Asia in the um lab, in the you know uh, Olympic cycle. Fee was playing for a former head coach or a current head coach. Um, she's trying to solidify her roster spot. But America's issue is not the four position. If anything, we got too many of them. America's issue and the reason why we struggled so much in this matchup is the five and the one. And it's very evident and very clear that we've put all our marbles into the BG tank, into the Chelsea tank, and I'm fine with both of those. But if you're not working to develop guards underneath them, like true guards or true centers underneath them, we are going to be screwed. In in not not this year, but within the next two Olympic cycles, we might struggle. Because eventually all of these players are going to age. And you're already approaching 10 years for BG as a pro. Yeah. Asia's like, at what? Six? She's going into year six or seven. So she'll be in double digits by the time the next Olympic cycle. Exactly. So. And, 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 and yes, we do have generational talent in America. But if those players aren't getting experience because DT continues to hold a roster spot, that thing's going to come. It almost bit us against Belgium. But it's going to really stink. When when we have a roster that maybe their only veteran player is Iran, who barely got minutes in this cycle, you know, it's going to really stink when the veteran player is maybe a Jackie. Because by that time, like, will those players feel like they have nothing else to prove? They exactly. won it all. They won at every level. I mean, to be honest, Stewie, Asia, and BG have all won at every level. They and college pros and Olympics, so it's like, why else am I going? Why, why and the international game doesn't favor the way that Americans view hoops. Like all this, like I'm a tap dance and skirt and skate, and the rest gonna blow the whistle anytime I move. That don't fly. If you cannot play through physicality, you're gonna you're gonna get got. And I know, you know, if you know somebody's listening to this and like, well. 
both the, you know, Paige and Caitlyn were both MVPs when they were on U19. Well, baby, U19, U18, that's like, that's a walk in the park for those girls. They be in teams 125 to 12. I'm talking about at the highest level, the big stage, and everybody is fighting to beat America. And let's not forget that in the last Olympics, that wasn't no blowout win in the in the gold medal match. We we had to earn that one. And if not for Asia, BG, and Stewie, that's an L. Because again, you took two grandmas who couldn't do enough. So if they don't, and you know, if if this is a scenario where we might need to reach into the college pool and say, hey, I mean, Caitlin, come join us and get some experience. I'm fine with that. If you don't see any other true PG in the in the WNBA that that you think is the future, but we got we got to do something. But this, I have to be a little bit ageist when it comes to Olympics because I'm tired of this. Anybody else? And also, Stewie is not the best player in the world. Hang it up flat screen. Her time is past. Asia is here. Next question. <laughs> well, staying in on the uh, the pro cycle. Oh, wait. Oh, One more thing. I just want to say the girlies spent all W season talking about three-point shooting, three-point this, three-point that. Asia don't shoot enough threes. These players make threes, three-point this. And when we play Belgium and them threes ain't been falling, you know who ain't had no post moves that could do what they need to do to get a bucket? Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know who would have? All right, bet. <laughs> were there any other teams? I know we're, we're all Americans up here, but were there any other teams that you all were excited to see push their ticket to the Olympics? Always excited for um, Germany. Um, I, I thought that was a, a solid for them as much as I too hurt my nerves, um, with the, 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 the Camilla stuff, um, was excited for them. Um, great, great, um, job by them. I think, um, oh, Nigeria. baby, I, I would love just for the sake of chaos for an Arike or the Gumake sisters to really try to make their way onto that roster by the Olympics. Cause shit, do it. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Especially if you can do it. Um, I liked, um, I'm interested to see what roster Japan comes with um, in the Olympic cycle as well as um, China um, and then France. Um, Gabby always um, puts that roster in a position um, well, to be competitive. So yeah. She cranks it up. She does. Yeah. She over there playing with Marines. She over there happy. Yeah. France Gabby is a different Gabby for sure. At least she be hooping. She said, I'm going to show y'all why I had the highest ceiling. And Misa 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 really is one of the one players. Like, I don't always care to have overseas players in the W because I just feel like there's enough talent in America. But Misa is one of them ones no matter where she is. Like, I could see her on a mid-tier W team right now, and they would look. They could possibly be a finals team with her as the 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 lead big on the roster, in my opinion. Big Dick Meese. <laughs> wow. wow, I miss you, sister. You the- got out of DC. You knew what was happening before DC knew what was happening. She did. She she saw the writing. 
<laughs> okay, well, shout out and congratulations to all of them. Um, it's going to be weird not seeing Brazil in the Olympics. Um, they didn't is there deserve. Qualification? No, and they didn't deserve at all. They had chances. They had multiple opportunities. Their guards, I don't know if y'all watch them games, but their guards are very Indiana-esque. That's the best way to describe it. It is a headache. And, and just for clarity, we're talking about Indiana fever-esque, not Indiana um, Bloomington peoples. Yes. <laughs> very fever-esque. Um, and... Like, I I mean, Camilla played a great game. Uh, she went up against Australia, and you could see that she was, like, learning as the game was going because they had Ezzy guarding her. They had Lauren guarding her. Shout out to Lauren Jackson. She said, he's done with the Olympics. She said, I got y'all ass there, and I'm packing up. Um, but, you know, like, Camilla got better Damn, one more as time, the game Yana? goes on. What? By Lauren Jackson, what'd she say? She said, I got y'all ass to the Olympics and I'm packing it up. Like, I did my she job. She's going her family. <laughs> right. She's not hoarding money on the WNBA max contract. She's not crippling a roster. She is going to be with her family. She's not locking people out of the maternity ward in the practice facility. Not the maternity ward. <laughs> And ain't gossiping on bus trips neither. Right. One team that should be very grateful is Canada, honey. Because Canada should not be in the Olympics this year. Like, Canada lost the games that they should have won. And it came down to Spain versus, dang, who was it? Serbia, right? Hungary or Serbia? I think it was Hungary. It might have been Hungary. I don't know. It was Spain versus somebody. And Spain had already punched their ticket. So when I looked at the score, Spain was down by like 20. And I was like, oh, Spain unpacked it up. They done punched their ticket. They don't really care. And Spain won that game by like one point. One. <laughs> like Canada was living on the edge this weekend. Sorry, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> well, congratulations to all of them once again. We're look, looking forward to staying up. I don't know what time. Y'all can calculate the times. Um, at least it won't be as bad as Tokyo last year watching the Olympics. And if you don't make the 5-on-5 team, there's always 3-on-3. You still get a trip to Paris and the bed bugs. So, going on to WNBA news. Uh, we have a little bit of free agency news coming up over the past week. The Vegas Aces, Candace Parker is back. We know, we thought that the GOAT wouldn't want to go out like that, so she did resign. Uh, Bria Hartley, which is a, you know, gives them some scoring, gives them point guard responsibilities off the bench, did sign with the Aces, and, um, you know, that that gives them a little bit more depth. Um, Chicago added Kaiser and Kennedy to the roster, so the Bundle sisters taking over to the Sky City. They're replacing what they lost with. Okay, maybe not. Um, very different types of bundles, though. Ooh, that's a contrast. Very, wow. very, very different. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix added Mad Kiki, Natasha Mack, and Amy Atwell to the roster on chain and camp contracts. Um, Kiki is from the University of South Carolina. Natasha Mack was from uh, Oklahoma State and, and fighting the chickens in the farm. And Amy Atwell, if I remember correctly, is from Hawaii. And 
Uh, Dallas added another big. So they're hoarding all the bigs. They have Emma Canning, um, Cannon, excuse me. Uh, Minnesota added Jamie Nard from the University of Tennessee. Asia Wilson has been on a bomb-ass book tour with good looks to go with it. Shout out to Amadi for doing her thing. Um, go buy your book. Go buy her book if you haven't already. And this is the weekend where um, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. Steph versus Lost Insoles. What do you all think about that? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, any of those, like, what are any of those signings, like, standing out to you all? Like, yes, that's a good one for them. Or, in the words of Lowe, mm, if I squint, I can see the vision. And then what do you all think about the... Um, <laughs> Um, for me, I think Vegas has done a very, very, very good job of picking up people who might not have been big names, but fit. I think they get a very South Carolina-esque portal type of things. Phoenix is LSU, but we're not going to get there. Um, I, I'm glad to see Kennedy back getting a chance. Get, glad to see Kaiser get, be, um, back getting a chance. Brenda Freeze, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but you're never beating the allegations. Because you got another light bright. Not Brenda Freeze. Don't throw I mean, oops, sorry. Same person. <laughs> Shell Reese. <laughs> sorry, girly. I thought you did it on purpose. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was, I was, that was not on purpose at all. Sorry. Um, What's her name? Shell Reeves. Sorry, different Bob. You're never beating the allegations because you picked up another 3C girly with fair skin. What's T? I need to talk to her. It's like you got to, you got to pass the paper bag test to be on the Minnesota Lynx. So that's that in itself. Um, I'm happy for Kiki too, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of Bria Hartley, but I can't. I'm a Vegas fan, and I don't want nobody on the team that can leave us by July. I just, I can't do it. I'm sorry. The injury uh, history, the injury history is scary. I. When was the last time she played a full season in the W? Hopefully, though, what, what they do have is nice facilities that she could keep working, <laughs> and she might could keep do her thing. And if it works out, I think it could be really good. No, it, it definitely could. I just, I honestly would prefer them going young. Like, hmm. like, because I feel like there's enough good guards that are not wearing, don't have as much wear and tear that can do similar and just learn. Like, I'm okay with bringing somebody to learn under Chelsea. Like, yes, Bria Hartley is good for experience, but we already got Candace. We, you know, we have vets on the team. I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of the old movement. We gotta, it's time to bring some new blood. And Sid's there, like, time to bring some newbies. Um, so that's that. Um, to the Kaiser and Kennedy thing, I like it. I just it as someone who likes Dana Evans, it seems like they're doing everything other than saying be our point guard. <laughs> like, and that's a little frustrating. Um, looking at that roster because Marina's still there, air quotes, I guess. Marina, oh, um, Dana's there. Um, like, and now you're bringing in two guards that are similar in size to Dana and somewhat skill set. Um, so I don't love it for Dana. Um, and I don't think both will be on the roster officially, but, mm -mm. um, I do like that they're, they'll be in the training camp for Phoenix. 
Um, those moves make sense because they don't have that position filled, really. I mean, they did bring someone in, but yeah. Um, so that'll be cool to see if any of those people went out of spot. Um, Emma makes sense there because um, there's they have so many centers and not a lot of fours. Um, Minnesota is being Minnesota. She is just there to get some burn. Um, Asia is giving Black Girl Barbie um, and killing the tour. Um, so yeah, thoughts. Those are mine. I have a question. So I know you're saying that you want the Aces to get younger. Um, a lot of teams could probably get younger, and we know that as of right now, there'll be 13 teams in 2025. We're all waiting for that 14th team to be announced. Do you think that this year is the last year of that core at or for Vegas? And why I say that, we all know. I, Ooh, oh, shit. Because Vegas, you know, Candace may go ahead and ride off into the sunset. The, <laughs> the Bay... The Bay could be a very strong pool. Most players, at some point of their in their careers, it's, they want to play close to home or in front of hometown. So the Bay could very well try to lure Chelsea out there. And then Asia, we're not going to Atlanta. But do we think that it's, it's, you know, it's like, all right, let's go ahead and get this third one to try to, you know, before we split up. Not saying that that is going to happen, but it's a very well, it's a possibility. That's cool. Yeah. Um. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if Chelsea would leave immediately to go to the Bay. Like I could see her doing a one or two year contract, and it'll probably be maybe like one year or something like that. Because you don't really know what kind of roster they're gonna put together, and I don't know if Chelsea wants to you know, like, help a young new roster figure some stuff out. So I think they'd have to, you know, like, prove that they're putting together a really good roster before she signs there. But I can definitely see her, you know, going there at some point in her career. I, To me, I don't think Chelsea is the one that I'm worried about moving. I think, if anyone, I could see Kelsey um, mm. moving. Um, with the expansion draft, because I do feel like she's a player that if they win another title, I mean, she's already has two, but if they win another title within the next two years, she'll be looking, and even Jackie, like, what what do I look like as the, the star of a team? Because they are, like, Kelsey and Jackie could or have the potential to be like the face with other talent on a team in like they they both could take larger roles at another organization. I think Chelsea is, you know, getting older um in her career. And I don't think she takes the Candace approach because Candace left because she had only had one title up until she left. So she needed to go in order to, you know, add on to her legacy. And it was just a bad situation. Chelsea is not in a bad situation at all. If anything, it's, you know, allowing her to continue to thrive, be healthy. And again, the facilities are unmatched in the W. Um, so I think if anything, because of what they have in the sisterhood that they have, it would just be more so like, what's, what, um, I gotta, I gotta worry about me. 
um, what is that famous movie line? Um, put me yeah, I gotta put me first. Um, so I think if anything, those are the two because they're younger. So um, and remember, totally... new, new salaries kick in in twenty six. True, true. So yeah, I mean, those two I could see moving. I feel like Chelsea would be a little harder to see, even though it does make sense. Um, but it'll be interesting nonetheless. Okay. Hello, B. Terrell. May I just spend three <laughs> seconds talking about the fucking mystics? Go ahead. The floor is yours. I just want y'all to kiss my ass. Not the people on the stage, but the people out there who argue with me about the Ryan shit. And not only do I want y'all to kiss my ass because you was wrong, I want you to kiss the other cheek because you all sat here and you talked about Mike Tebow like he was goddamn John Wooten and has won all these titles and know what the fuck going on and has built all these franchises. He has won one title. One. He started coaching in 2003. Some people on this app didn't even goddamn exist at that point. But you all sat here and you were like, well, yeah, it's a, it's just further down the line. Look at that. I know something he don't. Oh, that's so Tebow. He knows something that we don't know. And guess what? Not only do you not have Natasha Glau because you didn't call her or trade to get any value for her, Della Dawn is so fucking fed up. She said, you know goddamn what? I'm going to go home and build my wood and hang out with my big ass dog because I don't want to play for this goddamn franchise. Where are you even playing? Because guess what? Fucking the owner is moving the shit to who knows where fucking Virginia. So what the fuck does it matter? Nobody's going to the games. Nobody gives a shit. And you know why? Because you didn't have the foresight to just say, let me draft the best goddamn player in the draft. <laughs> Building around the version of Deladon that won you a championship. Newsflash, she it was not that same person when she finally came back from her back injury. <laughs> Thank you for your services. It doesn't fucking matter now because what what do we have? What is it? I'm going to turn on the TV and I'm going to fucking watch goddamn, what is her name? Little Samuelson and goddamn uh, Kunane. I'm going to watch Kunane. That's what's going to happen on Sunday. All of y'all can kiss my ass because it really pissed me off that y'all made this whole thing and guess what? What did I say? Y'all with 3D chess and guess what? It was fucking Candy Crush. He was playing fucking Fortnite. And the one player that told you you was wrong is in Phoenix. Makes sense. So yes, thank you for the one championship. We appreciate it. But you have to build out so that you can repeat that success. Now look at you. You're sending fucking letters. Look at my mama. My mama calling me. Well, what the hell I'm gonna do? I'm not paying to go to that shit. I don't know, mama. What do I tell her? Goddamn team, and it just doesn't fucking matter. You, the wizards, the goddamn commanders, you all fucking. going. <laughs> 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 
say, I gotta let you know now that when this thing is posted on YouTube, I am strictly going back just to get the part of what am I gonna tell my fucking mama? I'm going to use that. I don't know how, but I'm going to use that on this timeline. That's gonna be an amazing soundbite. Oh my god. <laughs> if are there any questions tonight? Um uh, anybody raise your hand if you want to. If you want to come up on stage before we end for tonight, <laughs> what are you going to tell your mama? <laughs> Anything you want to tell your mom? Um, any grievances you want to air? Oh, um, my nose running. Oh God, raise your hand if so. Um, while we wait for you all to come up for the altar call, um, we just want to let you know: just keep keep your eyes out. Um, your eyes peeled for any for some special announcements that we'll have coming up very soon, especially over the course of the next month. Um, some special spaces, possibly, the little birdie said. Um, and, and, and playback Friday. Get your drink of choice. This is the lovers weekend, so make sure you get your drink of choice. Mine is some brown liquor. Um, some people, some people might be sleep. Get your pajamas ready because we're gonna be doing a late night sleepover with the committee. So be prepared for 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 that this weekend. We'll put out the schedule so y'all can be ready. Uh, anything anyone else want to say before we go? <laughs> Ooh, that's funny. We are doing playback on Thursday. Yes. Um, that could also have a little birdie, um, or a big birdie, depending on how you view. Um, on Thursday, um, and our wind down as usual. We'll be back on Friday, just a late night edition. Um, so make sure you tap into that. Um, we have some other content coming that we think you guys will enjoy and like. Um, and hopefully, you guys are planning to attend the um, SEC tournament um, because we might have some activation for you as well there so we're super excited about um some of the things we have in store um for you within and, the next month and for the person that wears their uh, the best pajamas this weekend for our sleepover we might have a special gift for you so you know go ahead and send us all your pics of your pajamas presentable pajamas please i'm coming in my thong i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well brother that is everything. No hands are raised. We thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. Um, we look forward to seeing y'all, chatting with y'all multiple times over the course of the next few days. And God bless and cheers. Bye. Bye, y'all.